0: It's time to get in the zone, the Fantasy Football Zone.
1: Hey guys, where else would you rather be?
0: Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. What a piece of that championship, put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone.
2: Thanks for joining us again in the Fantasy Football Zone. I'm PJ. We'll be joined with Jake Latarski, Rotowire.com to get you ready for Week 8 action coming up. Also, country star Frank Ray is going to join us in minutes. going to find out who Frank's favorite football team is and also learn Learn more about his big hit single country to look good on you coming up but first we get ready for week eight Tom Brady just continues to do what Tom Brady does right just break records and again he's got a chance to do that coming up this Sunday he leads the league once again 2,275 passing yards 21 touchdown passes so far this season he is the only player in NFL history with at least four touchdown passes in four games no other player has done this in no more than two games so if Brady throws four touchdown passes on Sunday at New Orleans. It will mark the sixth time in league history that a player has passed for at least 25 touchdowns in his team's first eight games of the season. Again, Brady is over 40. <laughs> Just uh, This is unbelievable, the trend he is on. He is still setting records uh, this season. He just continues to go at it, and he had four touchdowns. It it could be doable once again with that receiving unit and the numbers he's been putting up. So, again, could be setting another record coming up this Sunday at New Orleans. Other uh, news going on, the things he could look for uh, this uh, week. All again, Cincinnati wide receiver Jamar Chase. Number five overall selection in the draft this past year, he ranked second in the league with 754 receiving yards, the most ever by a player in his first seven career games. Now, if you think back to last season, well, Justin Jefferson with the Vikings, he started to explode on the scene, but that wasn't until after week three when he started to. So Chase has been doing it from the start of the season. In fact, he is in uh, elite company right now with what he's doing. But also, another w- rookie wide receiver is putting up some good numbers, and that is Miami wideout Jalen Waddle, the number six overall selection from the 2021 NFL Draft. He leads all rookies with 44 receptions so far this season. So if he gets six catches in his game coming up this Sunday at Buffalo, Waddle will become the third player ever with at least 50 receptions through his first eight career games. He'll be joining running back Saquon Barkley and Eddie Royal as the players with at least 50 receptions through their first eight career NFL games. So, again, they are doing an incredible job. Speaking of another rookie, Atlanta tight end Kyle Pitts, he is really coming on the last couple games. He was the number four selection overall in this past year's draft. He ranks third among all tight ends with 471 receiving yards this season. He recorded 119 receiving yards in Week 5 and 163 receiving yards in Week 7 after Atlanta's bye week. That is the fourth most by a rookie tight end in a single game all time. He also became the second rookie tight end in NFL history with at least 100 receiving yards in consecutive games. So can Pitts continue to do it? If he can, he'll become the third rookie tight end in league history with 100 receiving yards in at least three games. He'll be joining Pro Football Hall of Famer Mike Ditka and Charlie Young. The rookie tight ends with the most games with at least 100 receiving yards in NFL history, and no rookie tight end has ever had at least 100 receiving yards in three consecutive games. So Pitts trying to set that record coming up this Sunday.
0: Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. This is... It's the Fantasy Football Zone.
2: All right, so Fantasy Football Zone. We're excited to have, I guess, our first big guest of the year. We've got Frank Ray, country star, joining us. Frank, how's it going today? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. All right, so we are the Fantasy Football Zone podcast, so i got to ask you straight out front, how big is your fantasy fandom?
1: Like Honestly, man, I don't even have a horse in the race. I... <laughs> Um, it's just not my forte. You can take my man card right now if you want.
2: No, I, <laughs> dude, I like that because that's old school. That that is the mentality because I have friends like that too, and they're like, "Why do you want to do that?" Because then sometimes you have to go cheer against your favorite team when you've got guys playing. So I'm all with that man.
1: Yeah, man, I I, I just and it, especially now with the way the schedule's been lately with touring and stuff, man, I, there's no way I'd be able to keep one up.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say that's got to be insane for some of the guys that do that on the road. It's just like, okay, they, they check their phones constantly and everything else, and you got better things to do, right?
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say they're better things to do, but <laughs> uh, yeah, try, try to put the bread on the table.
2: That's exactly. And, you know, i got to ask you, who is the team that you do like to follow?
1: I I, I'm I
2: I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I,
1: I, I love the Dallas Cowboys, man.
2: Not surprised. I mean, they're, you know, oh, America's team, supposedly, <laughs> but yeah, I mean— can't go wrong i know here we're a little i think there's more cowboy fans up here ever since mccarthy started coaching down there because there's still some people that like him so i think even up here in green bay which is weird to say i think there's there's like five more people that like the cowboys here than they used to you know and the coach isn't too bad either <laughs> exactly so i mean that's what they that's what they love so far so honestly man the cowboys every it's so, it's it's always just been
1: fun man and and uh... Anytime out at a bar or something like that, they always, all always, do is got to say Dallas Cowboys. It moves the needle, man. Move the needle.
2: How about them cowboys, right? And that gets a big pop? Come on. That's it.
1: <laughs> either a big pop or a big groan. But it moves the needle either way.
2: All right. This song, Country to Look Good on You. I like to say this is a pretty good closer for the end of the night. Say you're taking your lady home. You put this thing on. Some good things might happen.
1: Hey, come on, man. That was certainly the desired effect when we put that song out there. The the vibe
2: says it all, man. That's what we wanted to do.
1: Make sure we approached it uh in a good way musically that was fresh and something that uh, hadn't been heard.
2: And it shows off, man. You got some pipes on you. You're going up and down. You got some pretty good <laughs> vocals on you. So, I mean, if some dude tries this in karaoke, he ain't going to do very good. I mean, you you've got this cornered on this. <laughs>
1: Oh, I appreciate that, man. Honestly, it just it, that was the one song on the record where I really got an opportunity to kind of showcase some big vocal moments, and so I took full advantage of it, man.
2: How do you like the uh, creative process? Are, are you big into writing, or do you like other people writing stuff? Because I know it's different for everyone, where some people are like, yeah, you know, I, I'm not big into writing, but I, I can sing the heck out of this. Or I mean, where do you stand on all that? Oh man, that's next to performing
1: and writing is probably my favorite thing to do. Okay, uh, and I just wrapped up uh, a full album here that uh, I probably won't see the light of day for a little bit but uh, uh, but, but I'm really really proud of the, the music that I, that I wrote on there with some of my favorite writers and uh, but you know songs like country look good on you that, uh, sometimes they, they kind of they, they get to me and you know I, I listen down and uh, you know even if it's something I didn't write or something like that if a song speaks to me and it's something that I can, I know I can kind of put my own flavor on then I do it and I think we did just that with with this song. So
2: again we're joined by <laughs> Frank Ray today and again you can check about Frank Ray music. Frank again thanks so much for your time and continued success.
0: PJ, thank you so much for having me, brother. You are in the Fantasy Football Zone.
2: And welcome back in Fantasy Football Zone. And once again, Jake Letarski, rotowire.com, joining us. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, we're through bypocalypse or, wh- or whatever you <laughs> yes. want to call it. And uh, only two
3: teams on by this week, So we got a much more manageable week. Of course, it's a you know, bad week to, for tight end buys at least. but uh, but no, overall, uh, things are looking up, and uh, hopefully we can help you get going on the right track for really, you know, what's about to be the second half of the season,
2: yeah. you got past last week with six teams and now just two teams. I mean, again, the league doesn't know how to count uh, again. I, I just I can't understand that. But mm-hmm. here we are getting into this week. And, you know, some of the things uh, going on league-wide, one of the things that people are starting to, you know, maybe the sky is falling in Kansas City with another loss here. Do you think the (laughs) league has finally caught up to the Chiefs? I know fantasy-wise, they're still putting up the numbers, but have we finally figured them out? Yeah.
3: Yeah, so there are two observations with the Chiefs uh, that, you know, that I wanted to point out. One, I mean, this is Mahomes' first game where he didn't have multiple touchdown passes, right? So if anyone's itching to really you know sell low on Mahomes absolutely you know <laughs> normally i don't trade for quarterbacks in fantasy but this might be a case in the right circumstances that you would um it looks like looks like he's going to be okay i mean he kind of he avoided a concussion in the loss here and um you know of course Henny came in and they didn't really feel the need to switch it back out in the in the blowout there so mm-hmm. um the thing with Mahomes that I maybe am noticing a little bit, or I mean, of course, I was at the Packer game this week. I didn't get to watch this game in, in, in tremendous detail. But, you know, in talking to industry colleagues, the thing is that he's almost running around and trying to do a little bit too much when there are, you know, seven, eight yard rushing gains available. And there are options to dump it off to your running backs. Now, granted, nobody's getting, you know, super excited about Darrell Williams, you know, and the running backs were irre- irrelevant in this week due to game flow. But um you know, I think he can get reined in a little bit and you know, maybe do, it reminds hey, this is an old movie reference for getting Sarah Marshall when he's trying to surf and and Paul Rudd says, do yes, less. yeah, you know, do less. I think he can tell that to Mahomes. yes <laughs> I think he can tell that to Mahomes and maybe we can uh, fix some of these problems, but I mean Tyree kills third in the league in fantasy points per game for uh, wide receivers. You never worry about Kelsey. You know he's always he's still the number one tight end in any kind of re-ranking that you're doing. Um, you know the running backs are a little bit shaky, and of course, if they get a game flow like this, it's not going to happen. But I would still take if anyone out there wants to bet me a six pack that uh, the Chiefs won't make the playoffs, I'm still on the Chiefs making the playoffs side here. I think they can they can definitely get it together.
2: Well, they got a healthy matchup this week against the Giants. So I mean, if they if they, if they lose this one, then we'll we'll have issues. But yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I mean, they'll put up 30 points against the Giants, and then everyone will be talking
3: about how Mahomes should be an MVP candidate again. It's so it's so uh, fickle, you know, the NFL fans and media are sometimes if you have one bad week.
2: Well, another story here, and, man, this offense is coming together nicely here. We weren't sure with Burrow coming off the injury and just the new pieces of Mar Chase, dropping all those balls in preseason, <laughs> Joe Mix and all that. But this Bengals offense, they continue to impress and putting up big points again this past week.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we can probably put Joe Burrow in QB1 territory at this point. I mean, it's got to be exciting for Bengals fans to see a number one pick go out there and play like a number one pick. So, uh, you know, you have that going for you. Uh, The Mixon-Pirine split's a little bit interesting in the offense. Uh, I don't know if Mixon's maybe not 100% from that injury that held him out a little while back. And Pirine had close to a season high in snap shares, at least when, when Mixon played. So, you know, the waiver wire is really a grab bag this week. And, and, you know, maybe he's a, he's a guy that, you know, if you had to, or if you were suffering injuries elsewhere, might be able to fill in. But the real story here, is the pass catchers here, and of course, Jamar Chase is getting all the attention. Which, by the way, biggest troll job I think I've ever seen in my years as an analyst. You know, getting all these reports out about you know not being game ready after the year off and the size of the football being—it just yes. it blows my mind yeah. how, how much that turned out to be nonsense. Um, but Chase is great. The one guy I want to highlight, though, uh, who's a great buy low candidate at this point in the season, is T. Higgins. Now, he was only on the field for two-thirds of the snaps, which is technically fourth among pass catchers, but he got a whopping 15 targets, and he also led the league or led the uh, pass catchers in air yard percentage, and he was 14% ahead of Jamar Chase. So he was getting the ball a, a ton uh in this. And I mm-hmm. think, um you know, defenses are going to have to focus on Jamar Chase. Now that's just how it's going to have to happen. So I'm really looking to go out and acquire T Higgins shares if I can, because, you know, you can, you can get excited about Chase and I'm sure he'll be a great receiver the rest of the season. Definitely. I think he's top five in fantasy points per game right now. No doubt about that. You know, the smart, the smart fantasy players, they follow the targets, they follow the air yards. And if we're believers in this offense, then I think looking at the distribution last week, we have to be believers in T. Higgins as well.
2: Okay, I got to ask you too with the Bengals. You know, C.J. Uzu Uma had a huge game, but was that like a one-game performance? I know he was a popular waiver pickup last week. Can we bank on that continuing with all the, you know, other targets around there? Or was that just an anomaly last week? Yeah, so, I mean, you're
3: going to get this out of C.J. Ozoma, right? When you when you go ahead and try to pick him up, it's a very boomer bust play. He has two monster weeks in which he's had 90 yards and two touchdowns, but his other weeks have been absolute duds. I mean, look at the first three weeks of the year, 3.5, 0.4, uh, 0. 0.0 fantasy points in standard formats, and then he has another 1.6 against the Packers and 7.5 against the Lions, the only mediocre one. So, you know, you can pick him up and, and maybe hope for the best, but you can't be shocked. When you get he at two and a half point fantasy weeks, because there are just there are a lot of offensive weapons on this team here. And you know, Zoma, I'll give him credit. I always underestimated him and thought of him more of a blocker. And maybe he's coming mm-hmm. into his own really a lot uh this week. But um but yeah, so I, I think some of these are a little bit closer to anomaly. Even with the big game last week, he was only targeted three times, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I was talking about. And I was talking about you know you know T Higgins getting the fifteen and you know really really following the targets if you're trying to do something predictive in fantasy and uh, you know he might be an he might be an okay waiver wire ad, I guess you know if you need a tight end I'm looking to the Bills backup I believe Sweeney is the guy there with mm-hmm. Dawson Knox um, you know dealing with that hand fractured hand I believe yeah. so uh, there's uh you know there there are a couple options out there but I mean Uzoma is probably the top guy but you know you don't go crazy about him if you if you pick him up for Mark Andrews or Darren Waller on bye this week. For example, you throw him in there. Maybe he has a good game. Maybe he doesn't, but you know, it wouldn't bother me if he was dropped right when your main guy is back. Cause usually there's no reason to carry a second tight end. If you, if you're a Waller or an
2: Andrews owner. All right. Up next, we're going to talk Cleveland Browns. Do they even need to throw the football anymore? I mean, after Dearness <laughs> Johnson, big game, 146 rush yards, uh, 22 receptions, uh, 22 receiving yards last week. I mean, with Baker Mayfield's injury, and uh, I know Jarvis Landry got dinged up a little bit, too, in that game. I mean, with these three backs that they have, I know Chubb and, and Hunt, they're banged up themselves. But, I mean, this is kind of impressive to have three backs like this in your stable.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can, we might as well reignite the annual Odell Beckham to the Packers rumors, right? If they don't have to throw the ball. Well, um, I guess they I maybe do that every year, don't you? Well, <laughs> yeah, he
2: did punch that hole in the wall at Lambeau. So maybe we'll just get him back again to, you know, redo. Yeah. That. You
3: know, a special, a, maybe he left a part of himself, you know. Yes, Lambeau. he did. We, we can call it that. Yeah. But no, uh, but no, this is the best, uh, one of the best running teams in the league, one of the top offensive lines. Um, I don't get too, ex- listen it was obviously exciting if you picked up the Johnson and watched him tear things up on Thursday night here. Um, But I'm not getting too crazy excited about that here. Uh, Nick Chubb is already hopeful to play Sunday against the Steelers. Uh, He's going to have to test out his calf injury in practice this week. He's, you know, he's, was never going to be an IR candidate all along. So mm-hmm. he, when Chubb comes back, does Johnson still get some carries? Sure. But, you know, you're looking at him in the same light as maybe a Samaj P. Ryan or, or Mike Davis, who we'll hit on in a second here. But, you know, it's those type of guys that'll be, you know, 40% of the snapshot at best. What they do with it, we'll see. Um, but Nick Chubb is a guy that, you know, he, th- there's been some injuries, but I always said, you know, before the season, you know, if you told me he played 16 games, I'd say top three running back, even with hunt, you know, even if hunt played the same amount of games, because I'm a big time believer. I always have been in, in Chubb's skill. And, uh and he is, there's without, I mean, Props to Johnson. Great game. Yeah. There's no question in my mind that Chubb is way more talented, you know, just naturally. And of course, you know, he's he's got the fit with the team. So, you know, even if they're easing him back in, I still project about a 60 40 snap share. And then when Hunt comes back, you know, what are you looking at for, for Johnson? 10, 15%. It's great to have a backup like that, but you can't, no good coach is going to play, you know, Dearness Johnson over those two guys.
2: All right. Let's talk about, uh, well, the Thursday Nighter. This. Could be the fantasy game of the week, too, with these two teams going at it, the Green Bay Packers, Arizona Cardinals. But, of course, the big story, Devontae Adams on the COVID-19 list, and also Alan Lazard was also added to that list, too. So I guess we're going in. I'm I'm trying to understand what the status is. Is he officially out now for this game, or does it, can he still do the two negative test things to get back in? I mean, I'm just still confused yeah. by this whole thing
3: we try to gather as much data as we can, uh, you know, for these types of things, you know, not everyone's going to disclose whether they're vaccinated or not, yeah. but uh, Devonte Adams did say he admitted that he was vaccinated. So that means if he gets two negative tests, 24 hours apart, he could possibly play. I don't want to give too much false hope to Packer fans though. It seems like it's pretty unlikely that happens to before Thursday's game. I mean, we're just, uh, you know, most fantasy managers should proceed as if they're not going to have Devonte Adams and take a look at a backup plan here. And, you know, Lazard was being hot, you know, highly touted as a waiver pickup this week. Yeah. Of course that all came crashing down yesterday afternoon. I always didn't know if his role would have changed that much. You know, he's out there, he's getting more snaps than Devonte in some weeks, even because he is such a great blocker here. But, uh, Honestly, it might be Randall Cobb week, and Packer fans would love to hear that, of course. I think he's going to get a good amount of targets. The other big variable here is, uh, you know, what's going to happen with Valdez Scantling? He could come back uh, from from the... um, I was really hoping I'd have more uh, news on this here before we were able to record today, but, you know, we'll roll with what we have. And he has a chance to return, but we've seen with a lot of players, that doesn't necessarily guarantee he returns. He's got that three-week window, so we'll see how, really, the practice report today will... um, We'll kind of lay that out. So let's say, you know, hypothetical worst case scenario here. There's no Adams, there's no Lazard, and there's no Valdez-Scantling. So obviously Cobb's going to get his targets. We use the tight ends more in Tunyon. And the other thing is, I would not be surprised in the least bit to see Aaron Jones get a lot of his snaps split out in the slot and get A.J. Dillon in the backfield because A.J. Dillon is capable. He's been underutilized. I wouldn't quite say they're saving him a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, you know they have such a strong back in Jones that you know they had the luxury of doing that. So I could see a huge Aaron Jones game. And people are asking on Twitter, man, do I do I bench Danny Dimes or, or, or no, do I bench Rodgers for Danny Dimes or Tua or Trevor <laughs> I- Lawrence? And I'm like, what do you do? I mean, like you want to take your L fine, but uh, this is going to be a high scoring, fast paced game for a Thursday night. And uh, Rodgers has done a lot with very little in the past. You mm-hmm. know, I, this isn't the first time Devonte Adams has missed the game and they figured out a way to get around it here. So, uh, you know, that's kind of my, my outlook as, as how this is going to look as of Wednesday morning, obviously yeah. tomorrow's or today's practice is going to, uh, is going to provide a much clearer picture of whether we're getting MVS back. And I, you know, I actually picked an MVS up, in a couple of leagues, you know, where he was left out there on the IR. So, uh, you know, I, I'm perfectly cool with him. Uh, you know, long-term, I actually like MVS better than Cobb fantasy-wise. Mm-hmm. But uh, this week alone, I, I like uh, I like Cobb because I think he's going to get a lot of volume sent his way.
2: All right, we'll get more on that matchup coming up later on. But time to push the panic button this week. And now, I guess since we are that, that path right at the halfway point now this week, we can officially just start hitting this thing full blast, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to let I'm not going to let Allen Robinson dominate every week's segment. (laughs) But when when Fields throws the ball 32 times and Robinson gets four targets uh, in an absolute blowout. You know there's no reason to have him on your roster anymore. So uh adios, uh Alan Robinson. But uh the other guy I want to talk about, and you know, maybe we'll, we'll do the reverse jinx here and uh and get revive his fantasy value. But uh Mike Davis of the Falcons, you know, a yeah. 3028 victory, you know, good game for the Falcons uh on Sunday. Uh he was on the field for sixty percent of snaps, and Cordero Patterson was on the field for seventy-three percent of snaps and the carries 14 for Patterson, four for Davis. I mean. At the very least, you can't really start him, um, and he's starting to creep towards drop territory, which is a real bummer for someone that was a 6 round pick. I mean, no one saw Cordero Patterson coming, you know, this much out of nowhere. If mm-hmm. you are looking for optimism on Mike Davis, uh, he did play more backfield snaps than Patterson. If you if you sort out the snaps by formation, he was in the, he was he had thirty two to Patterson's twenty one. But man. Davis only had four touches and they were all carries. Didn't get a single target in the passing game. We know Cordell Patterson's the pass catching back, but when he gets double digit more carries uh, you know, that, that is uh, enough for me to hit the panic button on Davis and, and consider cutting bait in shallower
2: formats. Yeah, and with Davis too, uh, that was a guy coming into the season, like you said. You, you were getting him in the later rounds, so if maybe your strategy was switching up a little bit and he was going to be like your running back two or maybe your first guy off the bench, you were feeling oh, pretty confident because this guy showed he could do some pretty great things in Carolina. But yeah, so far this year, it, it has not showed up in Atlanta.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, there are some other – Things to be optimistic about in Atlanta, but Mike Davis isn't one.
2: <laughs> all right, let's head to the waiver wire this week. Who are we all grabbing? Yeah, so it was really,
3: uh, it's really kind of a grab bag and of odds and ends this week. I mean, the top name that comes up on most lists, and rightfully so, is Kenneth Gainwell because, and he's a guy that I've talked about before, but has not always lived up to those expectations? Because Philly doesn't run the football uh, for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Miles Sanders has that low ankle sprain, low ankle sprain, so now we're looking at maybe. Probably out this week, maybe a multi-week absence. Gainwell is the guy that's surprisingly gotten red zone carries and has been getting a lot of targets lately. You know, it's how much value is there really when the Eagles give their running backs five carries a game? And is, uh, you know, is Boston Scott going to come in and sneak some of those? Maybe, but uh, the biggest, the guy who stands the game the most this week, uh, you know, in terms of waiver wire because of injuries, without a doubt, Kenneth Gainwell. And maybe with the opportunity, he can, uh, you know, carve out even more of a role. None then the other big pickups that we talked about, uh, you know, we went through the Packers guys already, Mm -hmm. but uh, the wide receiver that surprised me is uh, Michael Gallup is only 40% rostered in Yahoo formats. And yeah, you know, Dallas, the tight ends are getting a lot of targets and CD lamb and Amari Cooper are, are studs over there. But you know, we saw, Briefly, if you can flash back all the way to opening night against uh, Tampa Bay, that Gallup was getting pretty heavily used on those early drives here before he suffered the mm-hmm. injury. So uh Gallup is a guy you definitely want to pick up too. And uh and I def- and um on top of that, you know, you got to look at a couple uh a streaming quarterbacks. You know, if you're Lamar Jackson or if you're relying on Derek Carr and uh and you know, you look at Danny Dimes against the Chiefs this week because what we talked about that defense, that defense being so so bad in putting the offense in bad situations here predictable situations um you know maybe danny dimes can uh, continue he's been pretty solid and he might get tony back i think tony you know the stud receiver that you know came out and got the ankle after getting targeted a ton of times on the first drive uh he looked like he was suiting up to practice today so
0: there's a lot to like there time now for studs and duds (laughs)
2: Studs and duds. So whoever's gonna have a uh, good week, we're gonna say they're gonna have a bad week, and uh, vice versa. That's how it usually goes here <laughs> with this. I'll let you uh, do the honors here. What running back do you see as a uh, stud this week? Yeah. So
3: there are um, whew, there are t- a, t- a ton of different options here, and uh, I'm gonna go back to the uh, go back to the uh, you know Cincinnati backfield against the Jets here. Whether it's Mixon, whether it's P. Ryan. I think both are very startable this week. The jets are dead last in fantasy points per game allowed to running backs here. Mixon has another week to get healthy here. Mm-hmm. They're also, uh, the, the jets are also bottom five. It looks like in yards per target to opposing running backs. So, you know, they can get catches. Uh, they can, you know, they can give up distance on the ground. They've given up 10 rushing touchdowns. They're the only team that has given up double digit rushing touchdowns here. And they haven't had their bye week you know, that's through six games here. So I'm going to go back to the Bengals backs and, uh, definitely mixing. And, and that's part of the reason I was talking about prine is a waiver wire option. Cause they both might be able to be productive if last week's snap is any indication.
2: Yeah. I was going to go with mixing this one too. So I, I I'm on that same wavelength. Another guy I was thinking too, is uh, I mean, Damian Harris, I think for the Patriots, I mean, coming off a hundred six yard game, uh, two TDs last week. So I think he's start they're starting to get that rolling in the right, re, re, you know, direction for Damian Harris to just keep on rolling along. And I, I know Chargers defense might be a little tough task, but uh, I think he is another uh, pretty good output,
3: good, pretty good output this week. Yeah, I mean the Patriots backfield got a little bit more uh, uh, clarity here. Yeah, um, I mean, granted it was a blowout and everyone was able to produce, but Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson not even being active was interesting to me, as I viewed him as someone who could eventually compete with them. But you know, you look at the other guys, Taylor and Bolden. I don't think they uh, yeah, they they pale in comparison, in, at least in what I see overall skills wise to Harris in that backfield.
2: All right, our dud running back this week. Who do you got? Yeah, I mean, coming off a pretty big week uh,
3: last week, uh, but Leonard Fournette, um, you know, isn't going to get the same positive game script necessarily here. He uh, he faces the Saints, and uh, the Saints. If you watched any of that Monday night game, you know, maybe the weather, maybe Seattle's bad backs uh, had something to do with it. But no matter what Seattle tried, they could not run between the tackles on the Saints, and the Saints look so good in that regard. The Saints are giving up the fifth. Fewest fantasy points per game to opposing running backs and, you know, yards per carry is kind of a, you know, not the greatest stat, but 2.78 yards per carry, uh, that are allowing two opposing running backs. So Fournette is the guy that runs between the tackles isn't as, I mean, they've used them on some screens this year, but they've got plenty of pass catching weapons where they don't have to worry about that. I mean, it's, it's almost a full yards per carry different lower than uh, the Washington football team, surprisingly, you know, if you look at this list, but you know, statistically that's almost a full standard deviation, you know, below, uh, uh, you know, the next best team. So the Saints are very tough to run on between the tackles. And uh, Fournette, he's a guy that, now granted there's some blowout, he was only out there for 53.4% of the snaps last week anyway. So again, you know, blowout had some something to do with that. He played 63% of the first half snaps, which is nice, but there's still a little bit of committee trickling in there and he's having a tough time running. I mean, he's not having a tough time, but, you know, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will have a tough time running between the tackles and we'll look for other ways to game plan and, and win this week's matchup.
2: All right, my dud this week, and I had a Bears fan come up to me and apologize for having to watch that game last week. He said, I'm sorry, that was the national game that everyone had to watch last week. So he apologized, so I'm going to lead with that, and I'm going to go with Khalil Herbert. Again, I don't know what exactly the backfield situation is uh, right now, if Williams is going to be back cutting into his time or not, but he did have 133 scrimmage yards last week somehow in that I mean, he he made some good fantasy points, but I think this week against San Francisco, I I, I don't see that happening. And like I said, the the backfield situation, not sure if it's clarified or not or everything going on there in Chicago. I just, I don't like him this week.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely uh, some danger of Damian Williams coming back. You know, I don't really know exactly what is, or no, he did come back. But yeah, he only had three carries. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Yes, but so, I still so, don't you know, know. That's that's yeah. a
3: side effect of Lambo Field that that still <laughs> uh, you know flew, flew past me a little bit. I'll I'll admit that. But yeah, no. Looking at the uh, at the backfield breakdown, I mean, it was very heavily in uh, Herbert's uh, share this week. Seventy seven percent of snaps to Herbert, sixteen point seven to Damian Williams. Maybe that shifts a little bit. I don't think uh, you know Montgomery is necessarily coming back. Uh, this week quite yet i don't i don't Mm -hmm. believe he is eligible quite yet so uh you know we'll
2: uh yeah i guess we'll 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 wait and see there on that one so they have 200 yards rushing and five touchdowns so bank on that uh let's see here stud i don't know tough matchup (laughs) yeah stud quarterback this week who do you look at Mm-hmm.
3: I tried not to lead into it too much in our in our waiver wire pickups, but you really got to take a look at Danny Dimes for a lot of the reasons that I uh, predicted. I mean, the Chiefs are giving up the second most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, and even if you don't believe in that stat, the Chiefs are giving up the third highest yards per attempt in the league. So there are plenty of uh, – yeah, so th- there's enough of a sample size, you know, through seven weeks to, uh, you know, make, make some statements about that. So uh, I'm looking at Dan D- Danny Dimes this week. Uh, for sure, he is somebody that um, – you know, and he's getting his weapons back like Tony, maybe Shepard comes back. You know, I don't know if Saquon's going to come back, but it's a team getting healthier and the matchup is super juicy. You know, we love him as a streaming quarterback option. And I'm just going to quick see where we have him, uh, you know, ranked overall this week. Uh, we have him in top 15 this week. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh,
2: there's a lot to like. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Jalen Hurts. I mean, this guy, they're not getting the wins, so so to speak right now, but He continues to put up some solid numbers and against the lines. I mean, maybe this is the easy pick-in matchup of the week, but when he goes on the road, too, he he performs. He's looking for his fifth straight start on the road with two-plus TDs, so I think Jalen Hurts uh, could be a big stud this week.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We actually rank Hurts as uh, QB5 this week. All right. You know, he's getting 20 points a week, even in tough matchups, yeah. just because of garbage time, you know, imagine him producing for four quarters. Uh, he's, you know, he's been quietly one of my favorite little ads in, in my two quarterback leads. So, uh, yeah, de- definitely uh, all over hurts this year. I, I'd even uh, I even think of him as a daily fantasy option. Too. Yes.
2: All right. Doug quarterback. Who are we looking at? Yeah,
3: I don't want to take too easy of a way out, but, you know, Tua's been getting a lot of hype as a waiver wire ad lately. But this year he runs into the Buffalo Bills, who are number one in fantasy points a game per game allowed to opposing quarterbacks in the yards per attempt. You know, I mentioned I was joking about, you know, stats, full standard deviation. You know, their yards per attempt is like almost a full yard less than... uh, you know the raiders who are number two on there who are on by anyway anyway so mm-hmm. uh two is rough and then you know we haven't touched on it yet but you know you saw these Deshaun watson rumors swirling around yes. a little bit you think you know these are professional athletes these are adults but you have to still think that affects the psyche a little bit it seems like that it seems like the dolphins you know for those who haven't seen this the dolphins and the texans have agreed in principle to a trade uh to acquire deshaun watson you know the terms are agreed but the dolphins want to wait until the legal situation is out And if they know that there's going to be a Roger Goodell, you know, conduct policy suspension, well, good luck there, because you're not going to know that by, uh, you know, the November 9th, I believe the trade deadline is. Yeah, but still, you know, that got put out there by the Houston Chronicle this week. And uh, you know, has had Tua's been a better fantasy quarterback than real life quarterback. He gets his points, not quite to the same extent as Jalen Hurts. He gets his points, but he also makes some bad decisions. But this week, he's it's it's just an avalanche of horrible circumstances falling down on him with the matchup against the Bills and all the side distractions.
2: All right, my uh, Doug quarterback this week, even though it's a home game for him, I'm, I'm going to go with Carson Wentz. Uh, I just this Titans team. Has been playing really good the last couple of weeks. Obviously, uh, what they did to Kansas City was amazing, too. I mean, so I I think this Titans defense, they're getting better right now. And I think Carson Wentz, yeah, it was a weather game in San Francisco last week. So I can't put much stock into that. But I think they're going to have a little tougher matchup here at home against Tennessee this week. Yeah. I know he's,
3: uh, he's been talked about a lot as a, as a possible streamer, but, uh, I think, you know, with only two teams on by, you can find a lot better quarterback options this week.
2: All right. Stud wide receiver. Who do you got,
3: man? I've been a big Michael Pittman believer for a very long time here. (laughs) And it's really starting to, uh, show its, its fruition here. He reminded me, uh, you know, watching college tape, he reminded me of like a slightly more athletic Mike Williams. And, you know, we see what Mike Williams has been able to do this year. And, uh, you know, if you watch much of the Colts, if you caught their nationally televised game a couple weeks ago, he made an amazing catch over the top of a defender. And we also, so we have Paris Campbell foot injury on IR. We have T Y Hilton um, dealing with a quad injury. He's never quite fully healthy and it's not as if Wentz is this crazy deep ball thrower anyway. So last week, you know, you had a pretty good game for the Colts. They were uh, you know, they didn't have to air it out a ton because of game flow, but Pittman was on the field for 90% of the snaps, you know, he was only targeted four times. Sure. But he had 45% of the air yard share. So that will, that tells you something for sure. And then this week, you know, they're going up against the Titans. Yeah. I know this contradicts your quarterback (laughs) play a little bit, but the Titans are giving up the most fantasy points per game, to opposing wide receivers in the entire, in the entire league here. So, and uh, you know, if you don't Like the fantasy points per game stat, their bottom five in yards per target allowed to opposing wide receivers here. Uh, You know, one of the handful of teams that has given up double digit touchdowns. I think the circumstances, the usage, uh, Michael Pittman's break quiet breakout season. You don't see a lot of people talking about him, Mm -hmm. but his quiet breakout season is going to continue this week.
2: All right. My stud uh, wideouts. I got to go to the Sunday night matchup. CD Lamb. I know I'm not going out on a limb or anything like that, but I think because the Vikings, uh, you know, defensive backfield, they're kind of banged up a little bit with uh, with Peterson out still, you know, with injuries and, and everything else going on in there. I know it's a home game. It's usually tough to play there, at US Bank Stadium. But I think with Dallas coming off the bye as well, both teams are coming off a bye. But I think CD Lamb, he's going to find some spots out there, and I think he's really going to light it up. Could have a big performance Sunday night. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, these these Cowboys receivers, any of them, are capable of going off. Uh, you know, at, at any time, really, and uh, the, you know the matchup, you know, looks fine here. And yeah, I, I can't argue with you there. Cowboys, Cowboys are studs.
2: All right, Dud, wide receiver this week.
3: Yeah, this is a tough one to come up with here because yeah. you know a lot of <laughs> yes. the uh, you know a lot of the matchups are so. Uh, yeah, a lot of the matchups are, are for receivers that, you know, you know, you wouldn't ex- expect to be, uh, you, you know, too studly or dudley anyway. Yes. But, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say that. Uh, let me see here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and target. Uh, I'm going to I'll just be bold. I'll take the number one receiver in fantasy. I think game flow is going to dictate that Cooper Cup against the Texans. Um, you know, th- they're going to get up early. And they're not necessarily going to need him necessarily. So they can give him a little bit of a week of rest here. The Texans, surprisingly, now here's where the fantasy points allowed per game stack start to get a little weird here. Because they're giving up the sixth fewest fantasy points per game to opposing receivers. It's because they get, you know, they tend to get behind so early and and teams can run all over them here. So, uh, you know. I, I I love Cooper Cup, but I'm expecting maybe 15 points instead of 30 this week. Definitely not, maybe not a dud. Yeah. but by his standards, this week I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna lay off him a little bit.
2: I was on the same wavelength as you too. I thought you know one of those receivers is gonna have a bigger game than the other, and then I was thinking of maybe going uh, the uh, Seattle route too there. But now I'm 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 thinking, and I'm gonna go out on a limb, Mister Consistency, Keenan Allen. I think is a dud this week because of this Patriots defense. I think uh, Belichick will have a game plan for him. And uh, maybe not entirely take him out. He'll get his points. I I still think he'll have a double-digit game, no doubt. But not as big as he might have had. PPR, at least. Yes, exactly. He'll get the yeah, PPR yeah, sure. points. I, I can give you that.
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think Herbert will find a way to get somebody the ball. And, uh, you know, I, I'm starting Herbert, obviously, across the board. Yes. He's back. Happy to have him back. But um, Keenan Allen actually, surprisingly, hasn't necessarily been Mr. Consistency this week. I mean, yeah. Mike Williams, or this year, I mean, Mike Williams has outperformed him, uh, you know, quite a bit here. It's almost as if they're, you know, the... The, the previous game plan or the last, you know, six years of the Chargers of making sure to get him as many five, six yard routes as possible is, uh, is starting to come out the window here. So, um, you know, he's, he's, I would say confidently that he's fallen to the number two w- receiver on that team here. And, uh, you know, that means that we have to lower expectations moving forward. Unfortunately.
2: All right. Let's preview it. Packers Cardinals. Uh, everyone will be calling in sick uh, on Friday morning in the state of Wisconsin. This is uh I mean, to kick off the week, this is the big matchup. And further down the road, uh, playoff potential, home field, all that stuff is on the line here. This is a big one, and obviously we outlined the issues eh, with the Packers' wide receivers right now. So uh, what are you thinking out in the desert?
3: Yeah, so uh, the Cardinals opened the week as minus 3.5-point favorites here. And when Devonta Adams was ruled out, that line moved to minus 6.5. And, and, you know, if you're not super in tune with that world, a wide receiver getting ruled out like that almost never moves the line. Even quarterbacks getting ruled out starting quarterbacks barely move the line that much. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the, everybody is, you know, saying, you know, Rogers Devontae is one of the most highest, pers- you know, target share. We talk about that air yard share. He's one of the highest targeted receivers in the NFL and, uh, him, Most likely missing this game is going to mean a very, very different game plan. So I touched on that. I think that means a big Aaron Jones game. I think that means Randall Cobb has a lot of, uh, has a lot of looks. Some people are maybe even calling an equanimous St. Brown game or, uh, you know, something, but uh, I don't, or Amari Rogers, but like, yeah, I don't have enough confidence to pick any of those guys up it's Cobb is the guy that i'm picking up maybe mvs if he starts but it's really tough to preview this game without knowing wednesday's injury report just yet i'm sure that'll come out you know an hour after we, yep. close, we wrap up here but uh you know that's the big thing and you know part of me early in the week i was like you know what? why don't they just give themselves a bye week and start jordan love you know not show anything to a team they're gonna have to face in the playoffs but uh of course it doesn't work that way in the national football league it should be a good game i think the packers will be competitive but i I don't really see them getting it done on the
2: road uh, this shorthanded, and I'm just going to hope they can prove me wrong. You know what? I was kind of on the same uh, thought pattern with you with the whole bye week thing. It's like, <laughs> I, I thought, okay, if this guy's on the list, this guy's on the list, why don't we just say they're all on the list and just not do this, rest up, have the time off, and we'll see you down the road. But, of course, then you'd be like two losses yeah. behind Arizona to try to catch up for home field and all that. Rogers always seems to find a way to do – you know, damage in the desert. He always carves up the Cardinals in Arizona. He I mean, from the playoff games with the Mm -hmm. Hal Marys, all that, big time performances. Yeah, down two receivers, that's gonna be big, but I still think he finds a way to get it done. And uh I you know, this is you know, this is the toughest task for Arizona too, to this date. Well they I guess he could throw the Rams in there, but this is uh I think for you know we're going to see what Cliff Kingsbury can do with that offense against you know this defense that has been improving. Which we're surprised <laughs> we finally stopped somebody in the red zone. You were there to watch it. I mean, so we we're starting. Yes, to, yes, it
3: was amazing. It
2: was amazing. So we're starting to make strides, and I I got a good feeling about this game. Even with everything going on, I think the Packers can get it done uh, coming up uh, tomorrow night.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Maybe I, w- <laughs> I won't go as far as picking them outright, but. Can we cut? Can we get plus six and a half? I mean, that that's a different story, and I think that's of course a lot more a yeah. lot more possible. Keep it within a touchdown. Keep yes. it within a touchdown. I think that's doable because, like you said, Aaron Rodgers has plenty of experiment, experience doing something with a whole lot of nothing. I mean, the whole the whole cr- critique of the organization the last couple of years is that they're not giving him enough weapons, not using, and you know, not helping him out enough, and and you know, making picks that aren't necessarily helping him offensively. You know, right out of the gates here, but he's been able to succeed and have MVP type seasons without all of that like I said if you're doing you know showdown single game kind of slates here on some of the daily sites I love Aaron Jones is going to be your chalk captain because he's yep. going to get so many touches this week and uh, and I don't know Cardinals are a very very good team uh, obviously Rodgers went out west of San Francisco and took care of business already uh, of course under much different circumstances Yeah, um, maybe closer than the experts think here but uh, I just I have a real yeah, I, I know my <laughs> I, audience here but I have a real hard time picking them out right
2: All right. And again, anything you need to get ready for this week in fantasy, RotoWire is there. Tell us again everything you've got to offer, Jake. Yeah, rotowire.com slash free. 10-day
3: trial to the website. Uh, No strings attached. No credit card required. You know, it's one of those rare parts of the year where, uh, you know, where all four sports are going concurrently, right? So you can get a chance. This is the best time to you know no matter what fantasy sport you play whether it's daily or season long you know well it's just daily baseball showdown baseball at this point but it's a good time to get that uh get that trial going here and of course i wear a lot of hats at rotowire i don't talk about this a ton but i'm the mma editor as well yeah we i was gonna bring to that up ufc pay-per-view weeks i'm at Yeah, I'm a huge, uh, I'm a huge uh, fight fan. And, you know, we've got our writers giving, you know, all sorts of DFS and betting content. And we've got tools on the website. You know, I was on the YouTube channel this week, uh, pre taking an early look at the main card and, you know, this week and next week is Madison Square Garden, so it's a great week for UFC too. I appreciate you letting let me get my little UFC plug in there too. But really appreciate it if you guys check it out.
2: Well, when we start betting on wrestling, I'll I'll be I I can help in with some wrestling content, and uh, we can uh, do some Roman Reigns odds and other stuff like <laughs> that when that uh, starts coming across.
3: Yeah, there needs to be a fantasy game for it. Yeah. Though. At least MMA you can play on, uh, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel. So, uh, yeah. You know, once, I, hey, listen, there's no doubt in my, we cover some, we cover some obscure sports down here. I mean, we're <laughs> all the way down to cricket and XFL here at Roto-Wire. Yes. Because uh, someone comes calling for their fantasy game. So, uh, you know, maybe the WWE will get on board anyway. I don't know. Some of my wrestling buddies, or you know, I call rest some of my fans that are fans of pro wrestling. Think yes. the AEW has long lapped the WWE. Is that is that your consensus?
2: That is a very popular take right now. But there are some things they do, it's like, okay, you're using the guys that they just had. So but you are correct in that.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, so that's that's about the extent of my wrestling knowledge at this point in time. But uh like listen, I'll give you a call if we if it's time to cover it.
2: All right, brother, sounds good. So there we go with Jake Latarski from Roadwire <laughs> <laughs> joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Best of luck coming up. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a
0: five-star rating while you're at it. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.